everybody says it's just a game No matter, we play it hard, we play to win We're making baseball fun again The Cincinnati Reds country. Reds Country Radio September Meaningful Baseball Edition. The boys are in the playoffs at this moment. As the season ended today, the Reds would steal that last spot in the wild card. They're only a half game above the Padres and holding on for dear life as the Padres have been playing terrible baseball lately. Uh, but we're in as of right now. It's exciting, boys. I'm Donnie. We're going to get into it. We got Rob. We got Steve. What's up, gentlemen? What up, what up, everybody? I'm keeping it calm, keeping it chill today. We're just uh, happy we're in that playoff spot. Got I can't get too high or too low over these 27 games in the last month of the season. Obviously, we're excited about being in that playoff spot, but just like Jesse Winker and a lot of the Reds say, can't get too high, can't get too low. Got to stay in the middle. How about you, Rob? How you feeling, baby? I'm feeling pretty good. Hey, we went through a pretty tough stretch there. Uh, but a big win on uh, Wednesday night. They had the doubleheader. Lost a tough one first game, but uh, bounced back with a solid was a 12 to one victory, boys. Yeah, uh, 12 to two. 12 to two. 12 to two. Castellanos hitting back to back home runs with a chip bat, one of them being a grand slam. Um, but yeah, awesome. a big, uh, big explosion from the offense, rolling into a nice, easy weekend series, hopefully with the Detroit Tigers. And on top of that, our UC Bearcats football team is starting this Saturday, too. So we double-dipping. We got Bearcats football and Cincinnati Reds baseball. But we are strictly a Reds podcast. So yeah, I'm not good. used to uh, football season starting while meaningful baseball is still being played. My, my attention is going to be pulled in all sorts of directions. Uh, and of course, the Bengals with an actually maybe exciting season uh, coming up soon. Rob, I don't want to get – I don't really want to speak for you about the Brownies. I know that's always a big uh, – Big a big thing, no matter how good the, good or bad the Browns are, but yeah, Absolutely. football season and Reds meaningful baseball. We don't see that every year. Yeah, it's a good it's a good cross section though. I would like to keep it around. Uh, playoff baseball is obviously some of the most fun baseball, uh, whether the Reds are involved or not. But like, I love just having on one TV, you know, the Sunday night game, and then on the other TV, NLDS like Game Three is on. Yeah. Such a it's it's perfect for fall. Yeah, that's the best. But yeah, so the Reds, uh, their September shapes up nicely. They like Rob was saying, they have the Tigers, uh, the Cubbies who are trash now. Uh like what, what, nine more games against the Pirates, they're trash. Uh the Nationals are not good. We got the Dodgers and the White Sox mixed in there, but I feel pretty good about, you know, even though they haven't been playing great lately, uh, like we were saying, like what, they lost a series with the Brewers, lost a series with the Marlins, and also lost a series with the Cardinals. Yeah, so that's three straight series losses in a row. That's not what you want, but we are in the playoffs. So, you know, that's uh, – I think I talked about, though, you don't want to just limp into the playoffs. This is the chance we need to start building some momentum again. Uh, you know, I don't think they have any excuses at this point, really. The offense has gone a little cold. Uh, and, uh, you know, some of the talk there is, like, you're missing Jesse Winker. But they got a lot of guys on this team that can hit that aren't named Jesse Winker. And absolutely, we need to, you know, just hit this part of the schedule hard. You got to finish strong here. Like you said, Don, you can't lip into the playoffs. Like you said, we got the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Pirates twice, then the Nationals. This is, you know, these teams have been circling the drain for the last couple months. And you, you, you got you to gotta beat these teams. You got you to build that over the Padres. It's the prime time to do it. Absolutely. Seems like, uh, this entire year, I heard it the other day on the broadcast, and I agree. Uh, it's been one guy that's carried the Reds through a two- or three-week stretch, like you know, uh, Winker, Votto, Cassianos, India, even Tyler Naquil for a little bit. Uh, seems like one uh, – Kyle Farmer had it like almost the entire month of July. It seems like one guy has carried us through a lot of these stretches, and uh, I just – over the that four game losing streak, I don't think we really had one guy carrying us. And you know, obviously, 
uh, it's magnified the problems that the Reds have had against lefties all year. But uh, when you look at just the win-loss record against lefties, we're pretty good just because either we've come back uh, in the uh, – either we've come back at the end of the game or uh, we've just you know, had good pitching and been able to keep it competitive. So um, so it's been a good start so far. Uh, you know, it, it's been uh, – uh, Sorry about that. It's been a lot better, uh, you know, just to like see them, uh, especially last night against Jay Happ, uh, pitcher yeah. who is not very good, uh, but is still a lefty. They overcame the demons, exercised the demons, and were able to, you know, put up 12 runs last night. I'll, I have a bone to pick with one Cardinals fan before I move on. I saw someone re- respond to one of the, the tweets we responded to and saying, can't believe so many Reds fans are just happy about uh, a series L and like, but uh, all of our Reds fans compatriots came back and the replies at that person was like, man, we're just happy to see some more runs on the board. That's all. Like, We're just Absolutely. happy to still be in that playoff spot. Yeah. And the Reds are, uh, you know, going out there trying to get some more bats that can hit lefties. Uh, they just uh, picked up Lino DeShields Jr., which is pretty cool getting him uh, back with his dad. Uh, and he is on the roster now with the 28-man expansion. Uh, he and uh, who is it? Lope, uh, Alejo Lopez is the, are the two extra players. I imagine when Jose Barrero's 10 days in the minors are up, uh, he will be back up and Lopez will go down, hopefully at least. Uh, but it's good to see them, them still making moves. Uh, I don't know exactly how that, all that works. I guess because uh, DeShields was a minor league player, they could still be traded. Uh, and then they also recently acquired... Uh, is Drupal Carrera, also a decent uh, lefty hitter uh, against lefties. So they're, they're trying to make those moves uh, to keep them keep them in the mix, especially with Winker out, going to get a couple, uh, going to get a guy that can play outfield, uh, going to get a bat that, you know, might get you some hits here and there. It's, uh, it's what you need. They signed a Cabrera to a minor league deal, right? It wasn't a full-on major league deal, correct? I believe so, yeah. But he's getting, you know, getting paid at the major league rate, of course, uh, at the he moment. He's put on weight. So, like, I guess the Reds just picked up the rest of his salary for the month of September. Makes sense. Uh, Yeah, I was kind of surprised by those moves. But, uh, hey, you know, I think I said it on the last podcast. I've been saying it a bunch. Injuries are going to continue to happen. That narrative of, like, well, as soon as Winker's healthy, as soon as Senzel's healthy, uh, you know, a while ago, it was, well, as soon as Vado's healthy. Well, as soon as we get Castellanos back, as soon as we get Moose back. Injuries happen. They're a very common part of today's game. It's very rare to have a player go and play 162 games uh, or even be able to play that many. So it's going to happen, uh, and it's going to continue to happen. We're going to get injuries. We're going to miss guys for playoff games. I mean, it's just going to happen. Uh, you know, I'm not jinxing that. It's reality. So, uh, but yeah, we're making moves. We're adding guys. Uh, it feels good to see the Reds continue to – you know, do everything they can to get a roster ready to go that, that's going to make a run in the playoffs. I know the people on Twitter love to continue complaining about Bob and uh, sell the team and all this, but I think every fan base does that, and, and the Reds are doing the best they can, whether fans want to believe that or not. Fans of any sport are just... Yeah, they're all completely irrational, which for better or worse, but... I mean, that's why we love being a fan, right? You just You're insanely passionate. You're just ride or die... Uh, that's the nature of being a diehard fan, but I, I don't like how it gets a little messy sometimes in that regard. Like people forget these guys are humans. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. It's just kind of weird too, just because like uh, I personally I think you should never tag like a player on Twitter like you know like with like your insult. Like you can say their name, and if they choose to look themselves up, that's kind of on them. But if you like, you shouldn't be tagging someone in like a comment or like, you know, a tweet or something saying they suck. Like, that's just kind of shitty. I agree. It, you know, that's it's so easy to do just, you know, typing it up on Twitter and a lot of people out there don't really give a shit and they're just going to say what they want to say and they want them to see it. They want them to hear it and they want them to be told, oh, you suck. Uh, and of course, the response is, well, why don't you get out here and, and prove that you're better? Because uh, it's not like these players want to perform poorly you know if if Amir Garrett gives up a home run or something it's not like he wanted to do that he wants to be the best more than anyone else and he's got a lot of talent and that's just one guy that comes to mind with that regard but yeah, yeah he's uh, a, lot, a lot of flack from Reds fan this season too so 
They got shamed off the internet, basically. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I want to. Uh, that's well, something that I've always wanted to respond to somebody who's like criticizing was like, why don't you go out there and do something fucking better? Like, <laughs> dude, like, why don't you? Like Mr. Like twenty five year old Twitter replier, me go out there and try and <laughs> left handed curveball coming in at seventy nine miles an hour. Like no chance. Yeah, even me, uh, former played baseball a little bit. I could. There's no way I could throw a fastball past seventy miles an hour right now. And if I did, I'd have about three in the tank tops before my arm fell off. Uh, curveball. If I tried to throw a curveball, be a big looper at about fifty miles an hour. Uh, that thing would get smacked 500 feet. So, yeah, we're all old and washed up, and we love to act like we know what we're talking about. But, uh, well, and that kind of brings me to the point. I think David Bell has been doing great this year. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel. That's always been a point of debate, both on this podcast, on Twitter. Uh, you're talking about those the the power higher ups doing what they can to to you know put us in the best position to win. I feel like he's done a great job. It helps that the bullpen's been pitching better and the starters have been pitching better. And that's what gets criticized a lot is uh, when you bring in the bullpen guys, when you leave your starters out. Uh, but even his lineups have been pretty good lately. Uh, even going back to the decision in the first place to hit uh, John India in the leadoff spot, I think he's made a lot of really good moves this year. Yeah, I think it's just uh, on feel, too. And, uh, like, not that the Reds don't have an – they the Reds have an analytics department, which I'm sure they're using, and obviously Dave has the numbers in front of him. That's why he's doing all the matchups and stuff. But I think it's been a good thing to keep guys in certain uh, places in the lineup because as a major league player, uh, like there's a bunch of interviews out there saying – how comfortable guys feel no, uh, getting the lineup texted them, seeing themselves in the same spot every day in the lineup. Like that has to feel so good for a guy like Castellanos, you know, who got hurt, uh, go on a rehab assignment. He just like came right back to the team. I don't know how quantifiable that is, but I feel like, you know, baseball is such a, it, it's, it's weird. It's a sport that can be drilled down to all the analytics, but I feel like it's also one where, you know, it's very momentum based. Like a guy can be hot, and that's that's not just like a coincidence of data where it seems like he's hitting well lately. You know, it's not like rolling a dice. It doesn't reset every game. If you're hot, if you're seeing the ball well, you're gonna stay hot. And if you really like hitting in the two hole, and you see yourself in the two hole every night, that's gonna help you be a better player. Which is it's weird to think about when you when you're so used to just so many people want to just uh, boil the game down to the numbers on the page. Uh, but I think that kind of thing is good, and it's, it has been good seeing. Uh, some really good consistency from the lineups. Even bullpen roles have been pretty consistent lately. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy with it. And all those guys are creatures of habit, too. And if you keep them right. you know, happy and healthy like that, that they can fall into their routines and be more productive that way, too. There's a psychological element to it as well. I, I asked Reds fans on Twitter today, what's one question you would ask to David Bell? So we can use that as our question segment for later in the podcast, but uh, I got a few interesting uh, questions, so <laughs> we can put up managerial cap later in the show. I'm definitely looking forward to digging into that one. Uh, the other thing I did want to bring up, uh, so the Reds currently in the second wild card spot. Their, their record 72-63, uh, just ahead of the, the Padres at 71-63. and 63. You know, any national play or person would tell you, oh, the Padres is a better team, the Padres are great, blah, blah, blah. You know, there was early in the season, it was like them and the Dodgers are going to be the best teams in baseball. That hasn't really happened. The Dodgers have a lot of talent. Uh, the Dodgers are actually ahead of the Giants now uh, in the NL West. And so we would be playing the Giants in the wild card. Uh, but I saw a tweet yesterday, or it was a, actually an Instagram post from starting nine. And, uh, and it said, or I think it was probably a quote from their podcast. I haven't listened to this week's uh, podcast, but... Basically, if the Dodgers and the Reds are playing in the wild card, one game playoff, uh, very like very possible that 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 Dodgers team or whoever the NL West second place team had would have like the second best record in all of baseball, but they're playing the wild card game, and say the Reds win. Uh, basically, the comment was basically that that would be a sham. That would be a terrible thing for baseball. Uh, you know, it, how, how do you feel about that? Like, I don't know if that's a narrative of the Dodgers being the Dodgers are more about just like the team with the second best. And I don't necessarily think it's, it's disrespect to the Reds, but basically the team with the second best record in all of baseball only gets a one game playoff. And if the Reds have a good day and beat them, 
uh, they're out of the playoffs and the Reds move on. Uh, to me, it's just that like they just gotta the Dodgers gotta do their job and beat us. You know, if they are the second best team, like you know, it's just one extra hurdle in their way. Like they they just gotta hold their own and beat us. And like I don't think I I think more people will just clown on them for returning to the regular Dodgers and just <laughs> like saying like oh 2020 was a Mickey Mouse uh, uh, World Series trophy. It wasn't a real uh, ring, you know. And I I I feel like that would be the more national response other than, oh, it's horrible that these guys, because like, I, obviously the Pirates don't get the same love as the Dodgers do nationally, but I think they had the second best record in the NL uh, in 2015, but then the Cardinals had the best record in the NL. So obviously I remember that they were, uh, there was that year, or it was one year there were, there were three NL central teams that all had at least 97 wins. Uh, yep. Yep. And the wild card was between two of them that had 97 and 98 wins. And it's like, well, that sucks, yep. but hey, win your division, you know? Uh, what was the uh, the Reds had the best record in baseball but missed the playoffs in so like 1988 or 89, something like that? Uh, 81? You got to see. Strike-shortened year where they did uh, where they did two separate uh, half of the season, I think, which is still how some minor league teams do it. But So then it was uh, the Reds came in second place in both halves, but in aggregate had – best record but they didn't make it because it was about each half so yeah that's that was weird they had that pennant that said 1981 since i read's best record in baseball or something yeah. like that <laughs> didn't they have a great team in 94 too yeah it was basically the whole 95 uh, 95 team but i think dion was playing too or like dion was at like the height of his powers so <laughs> That was a strike sorting season as well. It is it interesting is. how that, that stuff has affected the Reds. I mean, even last year, we should have been better than we were, really, and we made the playoffs. But uh, some weird seasons the Reds have had good teams in. Yeah, I, I remember reading an article, like someone had pointed all that out. And it was like, MLB's out to get the Reds. I was like, okay. Like, I, I can't say that, co- that COVID was MLB's fault. but well, and that, that. that is another narrative that kind of goes along with my point here. Uh and you see it pushed on Twitter by Reds fans, like, oh, the, the MLB's out to get the Reds. Even back to things about, like, the Castiano suspension, uh, like, oh, and you, you always see that, that joke on Twitter, like, when you see someone else, like, you know, make a complaint to the umpires or doing something on the field, it'll be like, oh, that would have been a 10-game suspension for the Reds. I don't know if that's – I think it's – I want to say it's just coincidence, uh, mostly because I just don't want it happening in the future. I think it's really just coincidence we run with it a little bit. In a way, I like that it's gotten us a little more national attention. People are paying attention to us with all the Castellanos memes about every time he hits home run, uh, weird things happen. I, I don't hate it. You know, whatever brings eyes to the team. I guess Denny Hamlin was the latest victim of uh, a Castellanos home <laughs> run on Twitter. Basically, I think his wife or now ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife basically came out on Twitter and trashed him saying that her and her kids deserve better or something like that. And I was just like, every time, every single time Cassianos hits a bomb, something reckless always happens. The one I saw that was pretty funny was the, someone was like in a flood, uh, basically floodwaters, uh, probably in the Northeast, and he was watching the Reds. City and or something. It, it like switches off to uh, like a tornado warning or, or flood warning or whatever. And uh, oh. like the game just like switches yeah. off, uh, and then he like points outside on his balcony or something, and you can see it's just complete, complete torrential downpour, flooding everywhere. He's like, "What the hell? You caused this?" Like something like that. That's no, funny. I, I mean, that's, that's that's good, clean fun. But I do think you can you you're going to be continuing to see those until it gets really beaten beaten to the ground because bad things happen on especially on Twitter all the time. Someone can always manipulate their timeline or something to get those to show up next to each other. Yeah. Yeah, I saw someone uh, put together a, a girl dies in crate challenge, and then right under it was Nick Castellanos home run number twenty. <laughs> so I, it is a good meme right now. Um, I obviously Jess Castellanos was like, guys, it's not funny. Twitter bad things happen on Twitter every day. And then Ryan Castellanos, uh, her brother-in-law, hit her with the I I don't I hate how all you people think it's uh, reprehensible. And there's a drive in a deep left. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Then she replied, like, not funny. But then I went to her timeline, and he, it was just a bunch of retweets of stuff mentioning Nick, basically. And the first one uh, was like one of, it was like that, literally the video with the flood. Like, it was, it was one of the memes, basically. And I was like, okay, 
pick a side, Jess. Are you? Do you think it's funny, or do you think it's uh, it's overplayed, or what? I, I don't know. I think she probably just retweets anything uh, her husband has mentioned in. I don't know that she even watched that video and realized what it was. <laughs> and like just the, uh, I can see her just like, oh yeah, retweet, you know, and then she retweets us a bunch. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I don't mind. Through that video, I think I, I noticed that the MLB home run uh, or one of those memes, like MLB home runs or something, like was using our quote tweets or or using our video clips that you're putting out. Yeah, uh, like that's why, like I guess, like this, like a strategy I use is just like always use like either their the, their last name or their full name. Uh, yeah, know, so we more track. make it searchable. Yeah, yeah, and you're very good at getting those out crazy quick. I dude, I see so many replies that are, that like people are just like, "Holy shit, how'd you get this out so quickly?" Just... It's it's a race right now, man. Like uh, between uh, Bally Sports, us, and the official account, like someone's like we're getting those out quick. So, so Steve, here's a question for you: As we grow, it becomes more of a a, a question mark. Uh, those accounts are licensed by the MLB. We are not. Is there a risk of a uh, I mean, what's so, going to happen as you continue to clip? Because MLB is still weird about that. They're not the NBA. So I think as long as it's on one of those regional networks and not on, say, like a, a Fox national broadcast or like ESPN national broadcast, I think we're okay. Because uh, so I talked uh, before the season with the guy who runs all of the socials for John Boy Media, and he clips for Talking Yanks. He used to clip a lot more for Talking Baseball, but that's a lot to cover like 30 teams. Yeah. So he clips for talking Yanks and I guess they have a relationship with the, the channel that uh, the yes network that the Yankees are always on. Uh, and so like they have like kind of free reign to just clip whatever they want. But uh, so speaking of the national baseball broadcasts, uh, one thing I want to bring up that Steve, Steve pointed out to me or pointed out to us recently, the, Sunday night baseball game, uh, what like two weeks from now, has not been decided yet, and the and the Reds host the Dodgers currently. Uh, could be an important game as far as both uh, who wins the division in the NL West and who gets that second wild card spot if the Reds and the Padres are still battling out. Rob, what do you think? Uh, do you think that that would be? Do you think that would actually happen? When was the last time we even had a Sunday night baseball game? I honestly cannot remember the last time we had a Sunday night baseball game because the Reds are – I never – truth be told, I hardly ever watch Sunday night baseball because the Reds are never on. And I'm whenever I'm watching baseball, I'm nine out of ten times I'm watching the Reds and I'm either tuning into what was Fox Sports Ohio or Valley Sports Ohio. Um, but that weekend series against the Dodgers, the 17th, the 18th, and the 19th, that is at Great American Ballpark, folks. Uh, Cincinnati, come out, be loud for that series. That might be the biggest series in baseball that weekend. Yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, so I just like Googled Sunday Night Baseball Reds, and it's looking like what I'm seeing is 2015, we played the Cardinals on, on Sunday Night Baseball. Um, we, that, was, that was in St. Louis. We hosted the Cardinals in 2013, and that was on Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, yeah, it's, not, it's pretty rare. <laughs> I remember so, one of these Reds were really bad, that they played the Cubs on like Sunday Night Baseball one time. Like it was just because the Cubs were good, essentially. But yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't happen very often. Does not happen very often. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I would definitely try to get to that game. I think I'm planning on going either way. Uh, you know, always good to see a good team in town, uh, uh, and one where there's uh, hopefully won't be too many Dodgers fans in the crowd. Uh, get some good Reds fans coming out. I have been a little disappointed by the actual attendance at games right lately. Uh, I don't know if that's with, you know, kids going back to school, the weeknight games aren't as attended. Uh, It's also been been really hot lately. Yeah. yeah. Almost unbearably hot. 95% humidity, not, not ideal based watching conditions, but nonetheless, um, it's supposed to cool off this week. Hopefully, next next few weeks coming up, we'll have cool, fair weather, and we'll be able to come yeah, out. Get, to get the fans out to Great American, Steve. We uh, real quick. I want to get your take uh, now that you're back. Welcome. Uh, the I threw out the possibility of the Reds hosting the Dodgers on Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, you were the one that originally brought that up. You got any more insight there? If you really think it's a possibility, what were the other matchups that maybe would uh, impact that? 
So the Yankees had Yankees Indians that night, which, you know, if, if they just choose to get traditional Yankees route, then I guess right. they could do that. Um, there was another one uh, that had the athletics in it. I'll uh, go check the schedule for that night real quick. Um, but I, I think it's still a real possibility that we could have that game just because there's no schedule that uh, says this this is the Sunday night game. And yeah, I think that'd be really cool. like uh, people were also saying like, oh, Braves Giants is that night. But the Giants are hosting a uh, Sunday night game uh, uh, this Sunday, the 5th. Uh, against the Dodgers, and I don't think they would give the, the Giants two home games in three weeks. You know, so I, uh, I, so there's still no time yet. Uh, the other one could be Athletics and Angels, but the Angels are kind of out of it right now. Um, Although that said, the Braves, I didn't realize. So the Braves are not playing quite as well as they were. Four and six in the last ten, and the Phillies are seven and three. They're not pulling away like I thought they might. If the Braves and the Giants are both battling for division. I mean, Atlanta and San Francisco are bigger, bigger draws than we are. But I don't know. I think you're right in the mix there. It's, a, it's funny. It's the same kind of, like, argument we try to talk about with, like, college football. Like, oh, will we get game day? Will we get Sunday night baseball? That'd be cool. When do they usually announce that? Um, usually, like, the week and a half before the game. So about We should uh, know soon. Yeah. Yeah. So the, this week is the uh, Dodgers-Giants. Next week is uh, Mets and uh, – Yankees uh, because of the 9-11 weekend. And then the right. week after that is, um, uh, well, is undetermined. So who knows? Should we make that a Twitter poll for the followers and for uh, everybody listening at home? What? Do you think we'll def- get Sunday Night Baseball? They're, they're yeah. going to be, like, yeah, let's I mean, do it. It's going to be him and Reds, but, like, I don't know, something for a little more engagement for the, the fans at home. Yeah, let's see. We've been doing a good job getting the fans engaged on Twitter. Make sure you follow at ATBBTTR. Uh, that's been fun. The, you know, we were just saying as well, Steve, that fans haven't quite been showing up uh, to Great American as much as we hoped. And I, I said this possibility that it's just the insane weather and uh, going back to school. And maybe some people that are a little worried about uh, the spread of the COVID Delta variant. Uh, but I'm hoping down the stretch here we get some good attendance at some of these important division games, especially the weekend games. Uh, and that goes to part of like, I want the players to like see, you know, how much these, re- these fans care. I want, maybe I want the fans to care more than they're, they're showing. Uh, Cause I want, you know, I want players to want to resign here. I want free agents to like, want to see the atmosphere of like a Reds playoffs run and, uh, and get excited for it. I feel like these fans aren't really as bought in as say, like I've seen some clips from some of those nineties teams even uh, and fans were packing the stadium going crazy I don't really get the vibe that's happening this year. Well, so to me, it's two things. Uh, one, like, you know, the 1990 run, you couldn't really watch on TV as easily. So, you know, you could, well, you could argue some people don't get to watch on TV as easily right now either with all the blackouts and stuff. But that's another conversation. Um, and then the other one is that, like, you know, like Rob was saying, uh, I heard uh, – so I think MLB is listening to our conversation because I got hit with the, the temperature and then it said that my iPhone needed to cool down. I think the take was just too hot. Um, <laughs> That's good. Um, but I think it's also just that it's just hot right now. And then uh, I, just, I just think it's just kind of hard to sell tickets like because I think people are trying to save a little money before Labor Day. I, I don't really do anything with my family for Labor Day, but I know a lot of people use that weekend as like their last bang a summer and if you look at like our weekend series our weekend series have usually been pretty full so maybe it's just that idea of like it's tougher for to fill people in on weekdays than weekends now i'm just gonna think of one more thing and i'll let you guys talk about it but like i think these 640 times are hard like that's kind of a hard time for like i i don't i kind of didn't like that they changed all the the night games to 640 next year because like you know, think about like us, like we, we all get off work at five. You want to usually try and get home, shower, change first, and then try and meet up with your friends uh, at the banks for a drink before the game, try and get in at six, six forty. That's, that's kind of a quick turnaround, you know? And like, I just, yeah, that's tough. I understand why they want to do it because it's like you know, TV. They want, they want the games to be done earlier and great for I, TV. 
yeah so it's perfect for tv like they love they love it that's why i'm pretty sure that's why it was changed you know but like for fans that's tough that's just like kind of tough to get in a get a good parking spot or you know get off the bus or the streetcar and at right at 6 40 for game time a lot of late arriving crowds next year for sure and see but i think that almost would dissuade some people from going at all it's like oh do i want to show up in the second or third inning or will i just watch on tv and people are gonna say i'll just watch on tv yeah, like I'm particular that way. Like I don't like showing up in the second or third inning. Like if I know I'm gonna show up that late, I just won't go anyways. Like I want to yeah. be there, like right when the game starts. I agree. It's just like kind of like weird to me that they would change it just to accommodate TV. When like I feel like a half, like maybe not half, but a good portion of MLB revenue comes from ticket sales. You know, like last year, all the times were 640 because. You know, there was no one going to the game, so they just, like, were just putting it on TV and going. But I don't know. I don't get it. It's me. Yeah, I mean, I, and I hope uh, there, there are lots of things over the last couple of years, especially that baseball, the Reds, have been testing out. And if they decide that it's not worth it then, or it's not the right move, then they'll switch it back next year or the following year, I mean. So I think they're they're adaptive in that sense. But Yeah, I'm just interested to see how it goes. Like, Especially, like, for families trying to get, like, all four of your kids or whatever in the car and down to the game by, like, 6.30 and then, you know, walk walk in the ballpark by 6.40 first pitch, you know? Like, I don't know. I, I just, like, I, I understand why they're doing it, but I, I'm allowed to not like it. So, okay. I want to get back to a little bit of player personnel talk. We did a lot of uh, random you know, side conversations there. Usually we spend a bulk of our time just arguing about the players and, uh, you know, the trades we're going to make, the call-ups we're going to not make. Uh, what do the Reds need to do in this last stretch here to really set them up for the playoffs? Who should be playing shorts up every day? Uh, talk to me about how you feel about what's been happening in the last week or so and how we need to adjust. What should, be, what should we do going forward? Is Kyle Farmer really the guy? Or as some people have pointed out on Twitter, did you really just have one good July? He's a slick defender, but is he the starting shortstop for a playoff team? What do you guys think? Uh, right now, I think he is. I, under the mentality of uh, dance with the one that brung in, he's the one that's brung him this far. Um, who else are you going to get to play shortstop right now? Are you going to throw in a cold, young Jose Barrero in there with very minimal major league experience? Who, I mean, yeah, he has great minor league numbers, but there was a reason why they sent him down in the first place in his first stint. Um, I think you got you got to roll with Farmer there. I don't see any other option. So last 15 games, uh, Farmer's OPS is uh, 6.54. Not great. It's not totally terrible. It's not. It's not Suarez bad, but uh, Suarez did a home run last night. If he gets hot, are you? You know, I I, I don't know. Again, Suarez is. I think it's a lot. Like we're going to see a lot from Suarez. To, you know, he's going to maintain. Like it just can't I will be, be interested. So if, if my theory that they go with, uh, if they bring back Jose Barrero in, in a couple of days, uh, if they get bring him back, get him some playing time, and he starts playing hot, I wonder what would, what would change there if Farmer doesn't really uh, pick it back up again. Yeah, so I wonder if, like, uh, like obviously, you know, I like the idea of uh, the one that brought you up. And, like, I think Barrero is a good enough fielder to kind of match Farmer. Uh, and, obviously, baseball is different where you, you can, you know, shift all you want, but the ball still might go over your head. You can't fully prepare for everything. But if far like, I, the, the only problem with Barrero is that, like, he got, like, three spot starts and he didn't get consistent ABs. And that was just because Kyle Farmer was still hot. And, like, I'm not mad about not – playing farmer it's just that i feel like they could have just called up alejo lopez because that's kind of been his role this year when he's when a lopez has been called up he's the bench guy you know and like why you know bring up barrero if you wouldn't start him so i i think i could see him being called up to start uh but i would only want to see him be called up if he's going to start you know and like i'm not one of those guys that's like shit kyle farmer i'm not nick kirby i don't hate kyle farmer you know <laughs> Ryan, uh, I think he's a great player. I think he's a great player, and like you know, Donnie, you were first on him a while back. He's been got ABs, but in that same tune, I think like if Farmer 
gives you another like so-so week. I think you got to try and put in Barrero there and see if you get anything else. He just homered again last night uh, in his return to Triple A. So oh, yeah, like, oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah, so he was just like I. I think you just got to ride. You know, whoever is going to give you the most production in both at, at the plate and uh, on the field. And I think if you give Barrero. Like, say you give Pereira that Pirates series again, you know, just be like, all right, young man, three games against the Pirates, you all can right. hit this, we'll give you a chance. And, like, if he shows up and proves you right, then I think you got to ride him. And, you know, like, and obviously you can put in Farmer for the last four or five innings of a playoff game to give you some solid defense and, like, at least a, you know, a major league replacement level bat. Uh, and, like, he's shown that he can get hot too. So, I, you know, I think like the best thing about these problems is that we don't have to worry about the depth because I'm pretty confident in our depth. Our depth is like pretty good. You know, it's it's not a bunch of like four A guys and scrubs. It's guys who are like pretty good have have been serviceable, uh, either serviceable members of this team all year or young prospects who are just like being been great for us so far. So, so there are a couple things I want to mention. Uh, Nick Senzel back on the IL since we last came to you. Uh, I don't expect really anything from him this season. If he comes back and is serviceable at any point, whether it's in the playoffs, whenever, uh, great. At this point, I'm not expecting him to play again. I don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, Winker seems like he's not as close as we were hoping. Uh, might be a week or two before he even gets to gets to hit again or gets to play in AAA. The good news there is that the AAA season is way later. It goes way later in the year than it normally does. Uh, right now, the, the season is normally ending like this week, but it's it's a few weeks longer this year. Um, I don't know if that was COVID. Yeah, they started late, right? So uh, that helps. So we, he'll get a chance to have some rehab starts, which he wouldn't normally in September. Uh, so hoping to get him back. Uh, but the outfield right now, Steve, I want to address your uh, take that you made the other day. Basically calling Shogu Akiyama the worst signing the Reds have ever made. I think there's a little bit of recency bias there. Uh, but you explained your point well, uh, and I get where you're coming from. So I want to talk through that a little bit. Uh, but, but that one's an interesting – Shogu is a very uh, controversial player in as far as the Reds fandom goes. Uh, you know, there was a stretch there where all Reds Twitter and whatnot could do was complain about Shogo not getting ABs. It's like, oh, what did Shogo do to Dave Bell uh, – you know, all those jokes like that. Like, what, what does he have to do to prove that he, he deserves ABs, especially as a lefty against righties? We're batting, uh, you know, Aquino or something instead, and it's Aquino striking out. Uh, meanwhile, Shogo, the lefty, is on the bench. Uh, we're paying Shogo a lot of money to not play that much. He's a pretty good outfielder. Uh, you say he's the worst signing we've ever made. That goes against some people. G- give me, de- develop that thought a little bit. Talk to me about your take there. Well, uh, I say worse because uh, we have, uh, until the 2019-2020 offseason, uh, we have not really ever spent big money on a big-time free agent like some of the big-money clubs have, you know? We don't have, you know, uh, $220 million to play around with. And what, whether you believe that or not, I think it's I think it's true. I think it, the, you know, what the organization has given you to work with, we, ha- as Reds fans, have to say, okay, this is what money is being used right now. Who is the best recipient of that money? And right now, I don't think, I think Shogo has really not lived up to his end of the deal. Like first off for me, like he hit a homer in his first exhibition game with the Reds and has not hit one uh, in about, you know, hundred games. Now, obviously he's not getting regular playing time. I, I wonder too, if I was thinking about this the other day, cause maybe, I went, maybe he's not the worst. Okay. I, I, I probably do have some recency bias there, but I wonder if the Reds were kind of signing him as like a backup option to, okay, if Winker doesn't develop this year, we're kind of like screwed on him and we need like a solid guy to play left field every day. But then, you know, obviously you didn't get the full 162 to see how that would play out. And Jesse Winker broke out in the 60 games last year. And now he's got a lockdown starting spot and, he made an all-star team this year. He's he's locked in that starting spot every day as the left fielder. Castellanos, obviously, you signed him to be your right fielder. And I think uh, in all hopes, we were hoping that 
Senzel would be your everyday center fielder because that was what they moved him over to do in 2019. Um, so that kind of without with the Winker resurgence, with you know, and then with like you know Castellanos being so good, and he's not you, he's not a replaceable player. He's in the lineup every day. I just think it was just kind of looking back on it. It's just, I just wonder if it was weird for the Reds to spend all that much money on Shogo and then just say like, well, shit, we don't have a, really a way to use this guy. We weren't expecting Winker to be this good. We weren't expecting, you know, Senzel to be an everyday center fielder until he wasn't. And it just hasn't done enough with the bat. Obviously we love Shogo in the field. He's been great in the field, but it just hasn't done enough with the bat for me. And like, I just wonder like if they hadn't signed Shogo, could they have like gone and like you know got like Zach Wheeler or somebody like not that we need him necessarily, but like I wonder where Shogo's money could have gone. And I don't think he'll be right. here next year. I think if they the Reds are really committed to keeping Castellanos, and we'll see what the ownership decides to do. I think if the Reds are committed to keeping Castellanos, I, I think they got to get Shogo's money out, you know, and because they're they're not going to give up on Moose. Uh, that's like their first big free agent they had ever signed. And like they they can't admit defeat on that. But I, I feel like Shogo, if he had everyday playing time, he would be a great, great glove. And he'd have a chance to like, you know, catch up to major league pitching and hit high velo, hit curve balls and stuff. I just, I, I just don't think it's worked out. I, I think it's half on him and half on how the situation developed around him. So I'll walk it back. I say he isn't the worst signing ever, but the situation and him contributed to that worseness. Yeah. I think it's similar uh, to the situation that the Reds ruined with Phil Irvin a couple years ago. Um, a guy that deserves playing time at the major league level. who's a, essentially a solid insurance policy. If one of your guys goes down and, we we mentioned this on a previous podcast where we reference guys like the Dodgers and the Yankees, those big teams that have guys that are deep on the bench that are proven, not proven, but like guys that could probably play every day if they weren't playing somewhere else, if they were playing somewhere else rather. Sorry. So I, I like he, he's an insurance policy at best. Um, I don't think the playing time is going to be there. And I think we've seen the last of him or not the last one, but I think this is probably his last season in a Reds uniform as well. Yeah, and it sucks that he's such a likable guy. I know the, the teammates, his teammates absolutely love him. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he takes at-bats from, especially earlier on in, like, last year, I feel like he was taking, taking at-bats from Senzel, potentially. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, it's a shame he's kind of gotten, you know, lost in the mix there. But, you know, it, it, you know, it also, you don't necessarily expect to land a talent like Akina, or, sorry, uh, like Naquin that's really had a breakout season. Uh, and he's just gotten lost in the shuffle and, and the, his game, you know, the, the no power, uh, just doesn't really play today. Well, and then he's not really a leadoff guy either because now we have Indy. So like he, like that would be perfect for a leadoff guy in any other club that doesn't have a leadoff hitter right now, just because he like, you know, he's a guy that get, will, will either walk or will slap a single out to left and start the party for you in the first. But when you got Jonathan Nia, a guy who's driving uh, balls out of the ballpark and, you know, hitting the extra base hits and, like, is a speed demon out there and he's lifting the team every time, his high OBP, too. I think, you know, I just don't think Shogo's got a spot anymore next year. Which pains me to say because I like him. And he's, like, you know, seems like everybody else likes him, too. But I just, just it hasn't worked out. And building off that, do you think, We've seen the last of Nick Senzel in a red uniform. I think he's gone next season too. Well, so uh, his contract's friendly. Yeah. Well, so piggybacking off that Akiyama take, I I think if he's healthy next year, I think he'll play. And I I don't think I think a lot of people were making out too much of what happened with with that situation. You know, I mean, and if he is still hurt and he tried to rush himself back early, I think that's a sign he wanted to play for the Reds still. You know, and it's not a sign that he is disgruntled and, you know, was like, fuck this, I'm out. He still wants to play. And, like, you know, I can't I can't get mad at him for trying to rush back and play. And we've all talked to him. We know that he just wants to go out and play. It's his mentality. So I think you at least have to try one more year of him being like, all right, here's your 162. Like, 
do the best you can go out. You're our everyday center fielder. And, you know, maybe you get them a couple like spot starts, get Naquin in there against righties and stuff. But like, you know, I think you got to at least try with Senzel. He's shown the flashes with the bat and he's, he's given you an idea of what he can do with the glove too. Uh, so I think Senzel at least gets the next year, you know, and, and on the base pass, we were like the lowest amount of steals in the league right now or something. Yeah. Uh, that can help getting, getting another guy out there that, that can make pitchers a little nervous besides John India, I guess is basically the only one. India and uh, Nate can tag a bag for you too, or snag a bag for you rather. Yeah. But that's the kind of things you need uh, on a playoff team. And, uh, yeah, I think this team has the talent to make a run. I think if they beat the Dodgers or the Giants in a one-game playoff, uh, I don't necessarily think it'd be a fluke. I think you go, you throw a guy out there like uh, Castillo or Gray or Miley uh, for that one game, and, and they have a good outing, and we get some good bats. I mean, this team can beat. Uh, you know, this team can beat a good pitcher. They've proven that. Uh, you just got to put it all together in the right time, and and it's a little bit of luck there, especially with just the one game. Good teams can lose one game. Uh, maybe the Dodgers or the Giants would beat us in a seven-game series more often, but we can snag a game, even in Dodger Stadium, uh, even if they throw a lefty against us, So, which I think it's more likely they throw a righty. So. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's just a matter of like who they would want to uh, throw out there first. Would they rather throw out Scherzer or Kershaw first, and then you get Bueller for when they get to, which they won't get to against our red legs, but oh, in their yeah. mind, they're thinking they'll throw Bueller game one of the of the division series. So, right. who would you guys yeah, throw? Be, series? I had this conversation with a friend. I think I would throw Wade Miley, and I know that's absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, that's a. I feel like it's a safe pick, which, uh, in that sense, like I just don't want like Castillo. Obviously, could go out there, and even Sonny could go out there and pitch an absolute gem. But they're also the kind of guy that can get you in trouble quickly, and in a in a playoff game, you just can't get in trouble early. You got to have a guy that can give you give you innings, give you a pretty good chance at only one or two runs at most. Uh, I think this season that that guy is Wade Miley, the most consistent. Uh, might not be, you might not even have a chance at throwing a, a shutout. He did throw a no hitter, of course, at one point. But uh, yeah, I think he's your best chance at being in the ball game, which is what you need. He's been the rock of the starting rotation all the way with his two nine seven ERA on top of that. Yeah. Well, Steve, I, who would you throw? Yeah, I think you said that. Well, uh, I would. I think I'd probably go Miley too, honestly, because like if he can steal you, uh, you know, game one, and you get get two chances uh, to win game two, and then you know, if you get if you're up two one before game four at home, you know, like obviously we've seen that movie not play out for us before, but. This time it'll be different. <laughs> right. So you, well, wait, you would throw Miley in the one game playoff? Is that what you? No, I'm sorry. I, I would say throw Miley in the one game wild card. And then I'd, I'd probably yeah. say you throw, like, I, I, well, if it's on the road, I'd say you throw Tyler Miley, honestly. Like his home road your, splits. Tyler Miley as your, for, your one, for the one game or for the opener for the play or for the next round? Man, like, I, I feel like his home road splits are like pretty nice and great. So like and like I think he threw earlier this year and he was pretty good against the Dodgers. I I could definitely be wrong on that, but you know I, I think what it comes down to is if those all these Reds pitchers are great shit. Even throw Goody out there and I'm not I wouldn't be I wouldn't hate it. Uh, I think what people just don't realize is with how bad our bullpen's been how, earlier really and how how many games we lost purely because of bullpen. Uh, had we had a major league average bullpen in the first half of the season. I mean, this team could. This team might be over 80 wins by now. I mean, they they could be right there in the mix, and people would see that record and they'd respect us a little more. Uh, and it wouldn't be such a fluke if we beat the Dodgers. Yeah, Wade Miley this year, uh, or not Wade Miley, Tyler Malley rather. Um, seven seven two record on the road with a 1.90 ERA. His home splits are a little bit different. He's three and three with an even six ERA. Wow, six! I didn't realize it was that high. Hey, hopefully they can uh, schedule that out in the playoffs or, you know, later, even even in September here where he gets those starts on the road. And if that's if that's the trend, you got to just play it and, and you can't question it. You can't. Uh, I know Bell in the past has been with relievers, like trying to get him out of their funk or something and continue to throw guys in uh, 
you know, and in high leverage situations when they're not pitching well, uh, you got to just commit to very quickly jumping on the, all right, this, this isn't his thing. Don't pitch him at home. Don't, you know, don't pitch this guy in the ninth inning or whatever it is. So I think he's learned a lot in his last couple of years as a manager. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this team's coming together, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of David Bell, uh, should we read some of those questions to David yes. Bell? Let let's let's finish uh, finish the episode with uh, the questions about the questions we would ask David Bell per Red's followers on the internet. Okay, well I'm gonna uh, go off screen real quick and I'll read them for you. Just let me pull them up real quick. Like Donnie said earlier, be sure to follow us atbbttr on Twitter, Instagram. I, I switched the Twitter name to just the ball, like just the handle. So I don't I don't know how you guys feel about that like i feel like it's smaller but then people don't really know who we are so well maybe we can talk about that later okay first one uh scott campbell writes uh uh, to david bell if it's okay to leave Botto and winker in against left-handed pitchers then why do you switch out other batters for the matchup uh in quotations follow-up how can those guys you take out ever get better if you don't let them see left-handed pitching Our lefty stint, uh, splits stink, uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, no idea. No idea. Don, you have a better grasp on this one than I do. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Castellanos made a comment the other night trying to, like, say, oh, we want to prove ourselves against lefties. Uh, you know, and the splits only mean so much. Like, like I said, the stats are important, and this game can be boiled down to just the stats. Uh, but, I mean, we, we beat up a lefty the other night. I don't know. The lefty thing is weird to me. Uh, I, I think if you just purely go by the stats, maybe you bench a hot lefty against a lefty pitcher. And, you know, I'd rather have a hot lefty than a not hot righty who's just maybe a better matchup. I don't know. It's got to be, especially in the playoffs coming up, so much of that has to be feel. So much of that has to be who's hot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it's- like, like just seeing the ball and like whether they don't see the ball well against lefties, like in like Great American or something. That, like maybe it could be just something as simple as that, you know. So I don't I know. Say, All right, I, don't, I think it's more coincidence than it is really yeah. anything we need to worry about. But who knows? Baseball's a weird sport. I'm trying to find the splits here, fellas. The Reds are batting 231 overall against lefties this season, 257 against righties. Well, yeah, luckily there are more righty pitchers than lefties, but yeah, that's not great. 330 or 311 OBP, 383 slugging. 694 OPS done. You know you're a big OPS guy. Big OPS guy. Okay. Next one. Uh from Reds relief pitcher. Uh why do you treat the roster like you're a little league coach? Meaning, MLB is not the time where everyone gets an opportunity to play. If they aren't getting the job done, why are they seeing playing time? Well, uh, to respond to that question before you guys start, I think it's just because like you know, matchups are so heavy in baseball right now. Every team does matchups. Every team tries to match up righties against lefties, lefties against righties, and I think that's like that's it, you know. And like obviously, Suarez has not done well. Aquino has not done well lately. Like a lot of our righties have not like done as well as they have usually done. Uh, and like obviously. When it works, the manager looks smart. And then, like, when those guys aren't hitting, the manager, like, looks so dumb. But would it look worse if our left-handed hitters look worse against lefties? Or would it, you know, or he's at least trying, you know, to, like, yeah. combat the problem. With, and I'll, with and I'll say, um, you know, it's a little different than Little League because it's not like, you know, the, when you're on a Little League roster, some of the kids on there have zero athleticism. They're not going to – they're never going to play past their age 14 season. Uh, and of course, everything is everyone's just trying to have fun. I don't think that's the case here. These are all major league baseball players. They're all guys that are that are getting paid hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year to play baseball. They're good baseball players. They've proven that in the past. They still have that talent. Uh, and so, if we're, if we're continuing to play a guy that's not hot or not uh, doing well, it's because we know he can be better. Uh, so, I mean, that's a little frustrating to watch as a fan, especially maybe in September. Uh, and maybe we'll do a little bit less of that in September than we did in May. But you know that guy can be a good hitter. You're going to give him the chance to figure it out. If you just 
abandon a guy, you give up on him, and he sits the bench. Yeah, he's going to get up there and pinch hit or start once a week. He's not going to play well. You, you got to give him the chance to prove that they're the hitter they are, uh, which is a little frustrating to a guy that's like maybe not the heralded uh, top prospect like Kyle Farmer, and he comes in and plays hot and still loses that playing time to the veteran because the veteran has proven that he's been that great player in the past, and Kyle Farmer maybe is just hot. Hot guy, Bob. <laughs> All right, I got two more for you. Uh, next one uh, is uh, the tailgate tent. He just re- uh, says, Sean Doolittle, question mark. He's gone, isn't he? Yeah, I know, but... I, I, oh, but the just... question, question to David Bell is, uh, why did you ever pitch him? Uh, I think it's the same point we just made. Doolittle is a guy that has had some great seasons not too long ago. He's been a great pitcher, and he had moments of greatness this year. Uh, so it was a thing where you, you threw him back out there, one, because he's a lefty. I think that's a lot of it. And two, because you wanted him to prove... Uh, I mean, David Bell's gotten burned on that in the past couple of years with his like 34 year old relievers that he throws out there that, uh, with the Hernan- David Hernandez is of the world. The, uh, Nate uh Jones. What? yeah, Nate Jones. Uh, who's the other guy, the guy that played his entire career in the central, Zach. uh, Zach Duke. No, not Zach Duke. Uh, he played for us for a couple seasons. I'm totally blanking on his name. Oh, Jared Hughes. Yeah. Uh, and Jared Hughes was great even for the Reds for a little while. And then he, as soon as he has one bad stretch, uh, the fans want to completely abandon him. And it's like, why was he ever on this roster? It was like, well, he was great for a while. I'll even say Heath Embry is kind of like that guy, too. He was our closer yeah. and basically got us through a patch where we had no, uh, no one else in the bullpen. And then he has a bad stretch, and the fans want to abandon him. And Bell rode him a little longer, and it still didn't work out. And we did finally move on. Basically the same deal with Dude a little. But fans are very much, what have you done for me lately? And I think that's unfortunately what happened with Doolittle. And you can follow up Sean Doodle, Doolittle question mark with Heath Embry question mark, Seattle Perez question mark, Ryan Hendricks question mark. The beat goes on. Hendricks is an organizational guy, so I, I can live with that. You know, that's he's young, guy. too. Yeah. Well, he's in the triple A, but yeah. So. Hendricks is like 25, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's got time. All right, one more here. From our guy, uh, usually a hater, but uh, uh, I'm just kidding, uh, to this to this guy. He's a loyal follower, so we always love our loyal followers. Uh, his handle is at Jake44NP. Uh, he asked David Bell, where are you going to put your NL Manager of the Year award? Uh, wow. I, I think it might be hard for him to win that because Gabe Kapler has done pretty well in San Francisco, but... I wouldn't be surprised if David Bell wasn't in the top three or top five. Like, I think he's done well with a good roster. And, uh, you know, I think there's something to say about he was, you know, his record has gone up every year he's been a manager. So, like, is that an award they announced finalists for? Uh, yeah, there was uh, three. I remember watching this show last year. Yeah, there's three finalists. And, like, Kevin Cash won it for the AL and then Don yeah. Matting, like, Realistically, I think he could be the second or third guy, and that'd be pretty cool. It'd be a lot of validation towards, you know, he learned a lot as a manager in the last couple of years. He's gotten better. He hasn't just gotten lucky. He's gotten better. It would be another one for consideration for, like, Craig Council up there. Yeah, probably Craig Council, uh, Dave Roberts, just because, you know, well, I don't know. The Dodgers mm-hmm. are so loaded. So kind of uh, he, he's just kind of just doing his job. Maybe the Braves manager, Snitker, because, like, they were bad for a while. And, and then that could be a good pick. Yeah. On. So, but I think Kapler's the runaway winner just because of, like, how he's, like, he is kind of, like, the manager, like, the a new school manager, but he's still making, like, everyday lineup changes and stuff to get the guys in the best position, you know. Right. So, he's he'll, he'll probably win it running away. But David Bell's been pretty good this year, so. Thank you to everybody for responding to our question on Twitter. Uh, and uh, and hopefully you're okay with us using it on the podcast because uh, it kind of worked out all right. You know? Yeah, I, so. I love that engagement stuff. We're doing great there uh, at ATBBTTR. Uh, Steve, we might have to talk about that name thing because I feel like it doesn't make it as clear what that even means because it's not, and this one belongs to the Reds. It might confuse people, but uh, you could maybe put the name of the, uh, the actual long name like in the description at least. Yeah, I can do it. In the bio, yeah. 
but now that's that's been it this has been the first uh first podcast of september for reds country radio it's been a fun one enjoyed talking shop with you guys about the reds uh i'm excited for the season uh to, to to close out we got the home stretch here uh we're gonna try to come to you as often as we can throughout september and hopefully into october and uh, i'm looking forward to it yeah, watch out for some uh, reactions to big moments and big games and stuff. Uh, yeah, we might we, go live here and there. Uh, we're going to be getting down to the stadium as much as we can as well. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I just also wanted to quickly shout out TJ Antone. Uh, tough, uh, you know, having to. Oh, uh, yeah, him. we didn't mention him. Well, that's all right. I just wanted to give him a shout out real quick, you know. And, and he had another surgery for Tommy John. It went successfully. And he said, uh, I can uh, come back from this hashtag bookmark this tweet. I will be back hashtag road to one Oh one. So we're rooting for you, TJ. Uh, maybe we can have him on the pod sometime. Yeah, he's a great guy. So we'd love to have him on. So rooting for you, TJ, man, come back stronger. Lots to be excited for coming up guys. A lot to be excited for very winnable. Absolutely. Remember this is where the reds, like we said, to start the show, they got to finish strong. They're running the race. Last 100 meters, kick it in, baby. Let's yes, do sir. it, boys. All righty, go Red Legs. Go Red Legs. Thanks.